As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This podcast is powered by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Attention to Detail, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Ayers. Today, we're going to go with a little bit more of the performance training side of things. So I'm going to talk about kind of the balance that you need to strike during your strength training programs, your performance training programs, balancing the kind of heavier strength work, full output work with skills, fluidity, things that are representative of how we move on the court. All right, so getting straight into it. The first thing that I want to make clear is that we need to strength train. We need to continue to build motor potential. So the horsepower, right? The ceiling of what we can produce. We need to continue to lift heavy weight, building some armor, building some strength, right? That's a story for another podcast. Um, I'll keep that part simple. And I think most of you guys will understand that. But I think we also need to balance that, like I mentioned or referred to earlier, with realizing that movement is a skill and that strength training, right? Lifting heavier weight is just a tool in our toolbox. So that isn't the crux of strength training. That's a tool in our strength training, but it's not everything. So the, the balance that I try to strike, the, the middle ground that I try to find is that between the heavier strength training, which we still do, we have to do. And then the other side of that, which is more timing, rhythm, skill-based stuff, movement, skill. All right, so I'm going to go through a few things, a few qualities or, or kind of differences, spectrums that I like to consider. Um, and then as I consider these throughout my programs, it makes it a lot easier for me to find the middle ground of these. All right, so the first one for me, and this one's more general, is just like full motor output versus accuracy and timing work. So full motor output is, all right, here's 225 on the bar, squat it as fast as you can. Here's, uh, you know, a, a, a depth jump, a broad jump, some type of power-based movement where we're trying to go 100%. We're trying to beat a record. We're going as fast as we can, as powerful as we can, powerfully as we can. 
All right. So for me, again, this is important because we're building that ceiling, what we can actually get up to when we go 100%. But we also need to realize on the other side of that, that most movements on the court aren't actually 100% intent, 100% output, but more so more based on accuracy and precision and timing. So if we're able to balance those things, like, of course, we're still going to do depth jumps as high as you can. We're going to do squats going pretty damn heavy. We're going to do uh, trap bar jumps where we're getting, again, as high as we can, but also with heavier weight. We're going that full output, like put your foot on the gas, 100% speed, 100% power. But again, we're also going to balance that out. And this is, again, the balance that I'm referring to with more accuracy based stuff. So we may go from a trap bar jump where you're going as as hard as you can full motor output and then we'll step over and we'll try to go maybe with a broad jump but here we're trying to get to a certain distance we're trying to land right on a line and that's going to change each time so now we're challenging the skill of it and some of those reps may be 100 some of them may be 30 percent of our max output but we're getting that max output work and then we may contrast that with something that's a little bit more skill based or we may do kind of a timing thing like some footwork coordination stuff to balance those things out. So I'm always trying to find that balance and they don't even have to be in the same session. They can be completely different sessions. And maybe you may get this on the court with your skill stuff. Like maybe the skill stuff is enough timing and stuff uh, for you and enough skill movement skill for you. But I'm always trying to make sure that we aren't only full output in the weight room in our training, but we also aren't only skilled. So we're still getting these things where we're going max output and we're building that ceiling um, that horsepower so to speak another one that's a little bit more interesting and honestly i've just started to implement this is spinal fluidity versus more so bracing type movements so when you are when you have 300 something pounds on a bar and you're squatting it your spine ain't moving much it's bracing it's kind of locked up and this is to protect you this is good this is what, this is what we need when we have heavy weight on our back but I've found that when I've squatted players too much or done too much heavier strength training where we're bracing, they may get a little bit locked up in terms of that spine. And maybe it's not that spine. Honestly, this is just a theory for me. I don't have any evidence behind this, but through that midsection, they're so used to bracing that maybe they'll step over onto the court after they squat and they just, they don't feel as fluid. So I'll try to do things where now they're moving. Right? They're getting some lateral flexion. They're getting some rotation through that spine. Maybe this could be as simple as just some uh, thoracic spine mobility, some T-spine mobility. Or we're doing some kind of weird exercises that I'm going to post on Instagram at some point to just work on that spinal fluidity or that midsection fluidity. Or just some rotational work, something where now they're moving through that. So I like to think about balancing the heavier strength work when you do squat. If you find this is a problem, maybe you don't. So maybe you're already in the middle. But if you find this as a problem, do something where you're then moving through that spine just to kind of restore that fluidity. All right. So that's a pretty simple one. I can't speak on that one too much because I've honestly just started to implement it, but I wanted to share with you guys. Next one is a closed skill versus an open skill. This one's pretty simple. Closed skill is probably going to be more so for uh, building tissue, building just overall strength, power that ceiling like we talked about and closed skill is something where you're not reacting to anything it's just maybe a squat uh, a med ball toss something that you know what you're going to do and you execute that action and when we want to build strength or tissue quality or really a lot of qualities 
we don't want to overcomplicate this. Like I'm not going to have somebody trap bar deadlifting or deadlifting or maybe rear foot elevated split squat with heavy weight and then having them react to me. Like that's going to create too much complexity. That's a really heavy or even just somewhat heavy strength movement is already complex enough for our body to comprehend. So I want, I want to make that the main focus. I don't want to make that an open skill. But I also want to balance that with some open skills. Um, and again, you may get this on the court, but I've noticed that a lot of players do close skills on their uh, in their skills training as well. Where they're just going through cones, maybe they're doing predetermined moves. They're not getting many open skills. Because of that, their body is not accustomed and their brain is not accustomed, more importantly, to reacting to things and to adjusting. And skills are actually completely different when they're open versus when they're closed because our body solves this problem in a different way. When you watch somebody do a pre-planned agility test, most of the time this looks like a pretty perfect movement or closer to perfect. When you watch them do a reactive agility test, it's a different story. It don't look perfect anymore. So uh, I like to balance these things out even within a performance training session. Again, we'll do our closed skills. Most of it will be closed skills, but I will do some things that are a little bit reactive um, maybe not even the defense, but just on an audio cue, like on a point, something where we're kind of restoring the open skill nature of movement. The next one is going to be limited range of motion versus deeper range of motion. And I think this is a pretty easy one to understand. Uh, say we're going heavier, we're just trying to get a you know bigger strength output, high power output. We're usually going to go limited range of motion if you're doing a trap bar jump in probably not going to be going through a super deep range of motion it'll probably be one that's more like a quarter squat right and this is better for when we're targeting those things but it's also another balance i try to strike and it's a pretty simple one that if we're doing consistently very limited range of motion movements maybe at the end of the session i'll go two sets of a super deep range of motion just building the tissue in those ranges of motion because basketball, although it is a pretty limited range of motion game from some standpoints, like when we jump, like I see this all the time, it's like, oh, when you jump, and I agree with this too, but when we jump, it's like a quarter squat. So why would we train anything lower than that? Well, usually basketball players play at a pretty low level. So I do think it's important to then balance that with lower ranges of motion. And if we're constantly going for power output and strength, we will typically go with a less range of motion so just keeping that in mind that sometimes we're going to need to supplement these things with deeper ranges of motion. Again, just building the tissue here it doesn't have to be much, but just getting that exposure to deeper ranges of motion, especially with some load, some weight, getting strong there. And this can even be your mobility work. All right, two more. Second to last one is less movement skill versus high movement skill or less movement complexity versus high movement complexity. This is somewhat similar to the... Uh, closed versus open skills one but i would consider something like maybe a lunge maybe a squat once you've gotten good at it and these are mainly for more experienced athletes like with a younger athlete a squat or a lunge can be a super complex skill but a movement that you're pretty good at it's pretty simple it's like again closed skill just something that's not crazy difficult i'll consider those like lower movement complexity you can really load them up we don't want to be loading up a super difficult change of direction with 200 pounds just because it's too complex of a movement. We usually load up these uh, less complex movements, and that's why we're able to load them up. But a high movement skill or a high movement complexity level would be something like agility work, 
but we're actually reacting to something and we have to be super uh, precise with our timing. Like all of our muscles have to turn on at the perfect amount of, or the perfect time with the perfect amount of force, the perfect magnitude to make that a highly executed skill or a cleanly executed skill. So that's gonna be like a high movement skill. So again, it's just something I wanna keep tabs on where if all we're doing in a, in a skills training session is more uh, or less complex movement skills, so maybe we're just getting up jumpers for a week uh, and they're pretty good at jumpers, so it's pretty low level of complexity. If we're doing all that and then the weight room, we're just doing pretty low complexity movements for the entire week, so squats, close skills, whatever. Maybe I wanna integrate some higher movement skill into that to make sure that they, these, these pathways are still firing and they're still able to incorporate the timing, the co-contractions, all of these things that make up higher complexity uh, skills, movement skills. Uh, we wanna make sure, sure that those are still present at times. So usually we get this on the court or just by doing some things that are more reactive or, or difficult from a movement standpoint and weight room some coordination stuff. But do wanna be cognizant of this, um, that you're not going too far one way or the other. Then lastly is sympathetic versus parasympathetic. There are a ton of ways you can take this. The way that I will usually take this is a lot of times I've noticed in strength training sessions, we get super sympathetic and that's good, right? We want to get that output. So we want to be very excited physiologically and neurologically. So maybe get yourself crazy hyped up for like uh, a power output. We'll use a trap bar jump again. Like you're trying to get, you're measuring it. You're trying to get as high as you can. You're trying to beat a teammate. Crazy sympathetic. Good. We want that. But it's also a skill to be able to turn off and turn on the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system uh, quickly and efficiently. So maybe we'll do something that's crazy sympathetic and then I'll have them come over and I'll say, all right, you have 30 seconds to try to flip the switch now of your parasympathetic or more kind of resting nervous system and do a more high or a, a higher complexity skill and do it as calmly as possible. And maybe this is even meditation. Like I've had players meditate in between, uh, like higher bouts of intensity or higher intensity bouts of movement. Like they'll go squat and then they'll meditate for like a minute, we turn off the music. They're trying to turn that parasympathetic nervous system on to rest. And then we're trying to get right back into sympathetic. So for me, it's just finding ways to manipulate the nervous system. Now we're learning to do this, to have full control and be able to turn off and turn on, or not fully obviously, but to wave between these two uh, components or, or sections of the nervous system. And that's big in the game of basketball. If you're super sympathetic, you're nervous, it's at the end of a game, maybe not nervous, but just crazy excited, big crowd, games coming down to the end. You gotta be able to flip that parasympathetic nervous system on a little bit to be able to calm yourself down. Maybe you're playing the opposite of that. It's the beginning of a game, there's nobody there, you're tired probably you're gonna to have to be able to have control of that sympathetic nervous system to ramp yourself up a little bit. And I find that this is a skill that is trainable in the weight room because this is a great environment. And it's an environment where we're inherently getting stimulus stimuli to these two things. A squat, typically we're gonna to have to raise our sympathetic nervous system levels. Um, and then obviously parasympathetic is something we can manipulate in between or whenever we want to. 
So I also like to balance these two these two things, find a middle ground. I think all of these are not concrete, not black and white. It's like, oh, you have to be right in the middle between close and open skills, or you have to be right in the middle between a limited and deeper range of motion. But I think these are all things that you can be cognizant about when you're making a program or incorporating tools into your sessions. And maybe you only use one of these, great. If you take one of these things and start to realize the balance or start to be a little bit more conscious of where an athlete is at all times, where a program is, a workout is, even a, a set is at all times, great. So I hope you guys understood this. It makes sense in my mind. Maybe it doesn't in yours. I know my mind's a little bit crazy sometimes. But thank you guys for tuning in as always. want to uh, continue to put out more strength and conditioning content on here as well. So hopefully we'll talk about more cool things or at least cool things for me, even though you guys may consider it to be crazy man talk. But whatever, neither here nor there. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, much love. See you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.